welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we're going to be talking about The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. But uh, before we get to that, maybe we should should mention some changes that have happened uh, in Jordan's professional life. Yeah, hashtag some personal news. Um, mm-hmm. Like Anthony, I ditched TechCrunch, but in the most loving way. Uh, and I'm going to be a partner at Betaworks and invest in gaming startups. Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be gaming startups. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say no, right? They were like, come do the thing that you do when you're slacking off at work and we'll call it work. And Danny comes downstairs now in the last couple of weeks and I'm like playing a video game. She's like, shouldn't you be working or helping? And I'm like, oh, I am working. <laughs> <laughs> that always seemed to me the dangerous thing about, um, about you know, having a, a career that was related to, to games in some ways that you, would, you could just justify playing games at pretty much any time. Yeah, I mean, that's what we used to do at TechCrunch, too. Uh, Devin still does, right? He's just, he spent like the past three weeks playing God War Ragnarok or whatever. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I did a review. Okay, sure, Devin. I did one article. (laughs) He also got the day wrong. So he was like, oh, shit, it's supposed to go out today. And then he put it up like five hours later. I mean, in the early days of the podcast, we would also talk about how we were watching Netflix during work. And then people were like, maybe you should not talk about that quite so much. I mean, we still did it. We just didn't brag about it as much. Yeah, it wasn't as explicit. Yeah. Um, But the good news is I'm still here for the original content podcast. No conflict there. And the Betaworks guys are excited that I'm still putting my face out there, or I guess not my face, but my I'm voice. sure they're fans, right? They're probably all fans of this podcast. Oh, they listen to it every week for sure. Thank God probably why don't. you got oh the job. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they don't. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all very exciting. It's all very stressful. I start next Monday. If you are a founder and you're working on something gaming related, you can email me at Jordan at Betaworks, shameless plug. And that's it. Yeah. Well, nothing should change here, but it, it does mean that this is now a minority TechCrunch reporter podcast. Although the funny oh, thing yeah. is that Daryl has actually quit TechCrunch uh, as much. Of us. Yeah, as much as the two of us combined, essentially. Yeah, that's basically. true. Yeah, He's a tribe. catching up to do. Yeah. Well. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we get to our review, we don't. There's not really a lot to say about it, but because I was screaming about it on a previous episode, is that Netflix has in fact renewed the Sandman, and so it will be coming back for season two. I'm assuming probably not until 2024 at the earliest, because these big budget fantasy shows take a long time to to shoot and do the special effects for. But good job, Netflix. I was, was worried you weren't going to do the right thing there. Yeah, that was the dicey little while. They took a long time to to announce it, but I'm I'm glad that it is coming back. And yeah, it'll be fun and exciting and good. And unless they fuck it up, but they won't, right? I mean, it's the same creative team. Yeah. So it'll probably be roughly the same as the first season, quality wise. Okay, let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, which called Rings of Power? No, but isn't it called Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power, or is it? 
yeah uh, that's the full title it's they they have um three repeated words uh oh, the yeah. rings of of lord. the rings of lord <laughs> yeah. anyway, lord is not repeated but of the rings of of the rings rings of the the of oh the gosh. rings of <laughs> it's just it's a dumb title is the point um but it's and... to a point sure no it's not kind of to the point because i was texting you guys last night saying like uh when do the rings happen well that's you just you just gotta you gotta know they're coming and then you uh that's your whole the whole fun seems lazy i think we could have done i i honestly feel like amazon was like it's lord of the rings it's lord of the rings it's lord of the rings do you like lord of the rings lord of the rings lord of the rings instead of being like we're gonna be cool and do something that's actually interesting or they yeah they could have just called it the rings of power and everyone would have known it's a lord of the rings show in the same way that they didn't have to put game of thrones in the title of house of the dragon people figured it out no but they did and i'm annoyed with them too did they put it in the title yeah i mean technically when you like see the credits come in it's like really tiny lettering game of thrones and then house of the dragon uh, Wait, really they do that for netflix like too that. and if you search game of thrones house of the dragon comes up because it's like in the metadata or whatever sure well, I mean, that's good metadata, that's fine it, it's important but... to do that in the metadata but at least it's not this giant 10 word title or but so obviously this is a lord of the rings pe- prequel that amazon is reportedly going to spend more than a billion dollars on it's gonna it's like the most expensive tv show that's ever been made uh, not all of that on the first season is my understanding is like mm. if they're spending hundreds of millions on the first season they spent hundreds of millions on the rights they made a commitment to do multiple seasons i think the goal is five seasons so they yeah big expensive show very much like jeff bezos i mean i don't he's not like super hands-on at amazon anymore but i think the, the sense is that he was very much like we need a game of thrones no more of these sort yeah. of like cult or not just these cult critically acclaimed shows we need a big budget fantasy hit and and this is even more than wheel of time is meant to be that show what did you think uh, well me i really liked it i really enjoyed it which is maybe not i maybe not in the majority i think a lot of people were pretty like muted on their response to this but i liked it quite a bit and was really um <clears throat> i don't know caught up in it i was like week to week like oh yeah i can't wait to see the next one it's gonna be great and then i liked the people in it and i liked their stories i like some of the stuff they did with expectations um even if it was a bit kind of ham-fisted in cases but still i thought interesting and entertaining and looks looks good it's a good looking show so it's got that going for it um yeah that's my opinion on it Yeah, I agree with most of that. I think as someone who doesn't care at all about Lord of the Rings, I think one New Year's Day, I watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies. And that's about as deep as my experience or passion for Lord of the Rings goes. And by like the halfway through the second movie, I was like, this is a lot and I don't Mm. care anymore. That said, I have enjoyed this so far. I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, diving in head first. I do sometimes trail off and end up 
like scrolling on my phone or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, that sounded like something important happened, but I'm sure I'll figure it out later. I don't like care to go back, but it does look awesome. I enjoy every time we go into a new realm, like the special effects and kind of like the world building and traveling across the map and seeing all these different places is really cool. Um, I like a lot of the characters. I'm never in a million years going to get their names right. I mean, right. I, when we talk about this, I'm going to have to be like the dude who was <laughs> from the South when it owns a well or whatever. Cause I just like, can't remember anyone's names and all the words and stuff. I feel like I'm missing a lot of context as like a new viewer, but not so much that it's not enjoyable. So if you're like not a Lord of the Rings person and you're watching Rings of Power, there's some words and some stuff that feels like Lord of the Rings lore or like kind of, I don't know what you would call that. Um, just like known things that if yeah. you read the book that like, I don't know. So I'm like texting these guys a lot. Um, my chief complaint, which is going to sound really petty, is that I think the character, which makes sense, we started with her, the one that you're supposed to kind of like attach yourself the most to, Galadriel, who I do remember her name. Um, Good job. They say it a lot. She has almost no moments of levity. I think I've watched like... She's a serious person. <laughs> six episodes and there's like one time she smiles <laughs> like I, so like i don't know i just like every once and i i actually am a fan of the language i think the language and like how formal it is even like among the lowborns or whatever we're calling those the common folk mm -hmm. is still really formal and i enjoy it it's kind of like poetic and it feels like a nice writing class or like shakespeare light or something but it uh, does bum me out that like I am attached to her and I want her to succeed and I feel her pain and I'm on her team. And the fact that she like never once makes a joke considering how clever she is or laughs at a joke or seems to have any connection to anything kind of like bums me out. She's lived for so many hundreds of years. And yeah, the humor I didn't is all that. gone. So I was like ready to pounce on that and be like, the elves said that the war lasted for centuries, but here she is, like just chilling, like it didn't last for centuries. And then I was, they were like, elves live forever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. never mind. That makes sense. And they grew up to become the other one from the movie. Who is it again? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And oh, I thought uh, it was Hugo Liv Weaving. Tyler that was an elf. She is, but this one in particular is Kate Blanchett. Like Galadriel in, in movies? movies is played yeah. by Kate Blanchett. I've literally have no recollection of Kate Blanchett being in those movies. Oh, she's really good. She's, she's really like, good, although her role is not that important. It's no. not like she's actually an instrumental figure in the Lord of the Rings movie. Like she's not like one of the main people fighting Sauron at that point, which it's a, it's a weird thing because in this season, her entire, her defining characteristic is that her brother- She can't stop fighting. Right, has been killed, was killed in this war. And, and she, you know, Sauron is responsible and she's been hunting Sauron for centuries and everyone else is like, get over it. And she will not get over it. 
Um, and then, yeah. but you know that thousands of years from now, which granted that is thousands of years later, she will be more or less over it. And right. Be like, all right, I'm, you know. I'm curious about that. I feel like that's part of it, and that'll be part of the development, right? We'll be mm -hmm. like, so I'm sorry. Can we go over? over that one more time just to connect where we are in time? Sure. The ring has not been created yet. Correct. In the show that we're watching. Right. In movies, the rings have not only been created, but scattered and scattered and lost scattered yeah. and lost and sauron the same guy who's risen as the successor to morgoth mm -hmm. has one or has enough of them to be problematic and that's what causes the war thousands of years from he now. wants the one to bind them is his main goal in that one the one to rule them all right right so, so basically what he did is he tricked the elves, the dwarves, and the humans to create these rings and uh, and essentially then secretly created the one ring which could control the nine rings of power. And so with the one ring, he could rule all of Middle-earth. And so uh, that, yeah, that's essentially the backstory that I think we're going to get over the course of the show. But in, in the movies and in, you know, the Lord of the Rings novel, it's essentially... This is all stuff that happened in the past, that there was a great war and um, Sauron was, was defeated. And uh, but but there is but the one ring still exists somewhere. And through the power of the one ring, he could rise again and conquer Middle Earth again. Um, I still don't really get where we're at because so he's tricking them into making these rings that they haven't made yeah, yet, but they're the going to make them soon. Right. Rings. But the, yeah. I think one of the things that makes it confusing is that this prequel show also takes place in the aftermath of a great war between good and evil it's just a different great war so there was yeah. in the backstory of the show there was a war between the elves and morgoth who i, I think basically morgoth is never mentioned in the um in the movies i think he's very briefly mentioned in the lord of the rings novel and especially in the appendices but morgoth is basically like the 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 actual like greatest evil the devil of of middle earth or i think the greater world around middle earth and then when he is defeated his you know lieutenant sauron his his servant sauron kind of fills that vacuum and and evil is not finally defeated until even um even sauron loses but yeah um, so here's another chief complaint that i forgot about in fact it's more chief than galadriel I'm bugged, and this is probably not just for Rings of Power. This is probably for Lord of the Rings as, like, a story. But, like, good and evil just exist as things right. without cause. So, like, yeah. evil just wants to be evil. And, mm -hmm. like, we, I mean, it doesn't appear, especially based on what you just said, that there's any, like, Morgoth or Sauron backstory that would help us understand, or Orc even, that would help us understand like why it is they want to cause pain and cold and burning and all of these things. And conversely, it doesn't seem like there's any reason why the elves or the humans or the Harfoots or whatever they are, or the dwarves want to be good. That is, I think, basically true. And, and I think that's very much Tolkien's point of view. Um, I mean, I think a lot of that is I mean, because he basically created the template for 
the modern fantasy novel. And a lot of that, I, I think, is shaped by his own sort of Christian beliefs, but that it's a very much about this sort of stark battle between good and evil and good and good is good, evil is evil. I mean, I think in the movies, I don't I don't think this is actually from the books, but there are lines in the movies where they're just like, evil is defeated forever. Thank God. Yeah. Well, they don't say thank God, but they're like, yay, evil is defeated forever. And you're like, I don't think that's how <laughs> life works. Right. But yeah, they, it's it's it is definitely like a simplified like binary system. Like it's not although this series kind of challenges that in interesting right. ways that like the source material doesn't like the we were talking about Morgoth and like Morgoth was like essentially one of like the the original gods essentially like godlike creatures like it's like a proto-myth right like like one of the Valar yeah he he was one of the Valar but the Valar so like yeah it's like kind of like titans yeah exactly it's kind of like a titans and except except they're even like there's much more moral ambiguity in like uh greek myth right than there is in kind of uh lord of the rings silmarian stuff type myth right wow but i think it's definitely fair to sort of position one of the reasons that it's kind of interesting to have house of the dragon and rings of power come out at the same time is because and, and george r. r martin is very very open about this that he is very much indebted to Lord of the Rings, but also that Song of Ice and Fire is a response to Lord of the Rings and, and an attempt to in introduce more moral complexity and ambiguity. He, he One like anecdote I think Martin talks about a lot is that at the end of Return of the King, Aragorn is the true heir to the throne. He becomes king and it just says, great. And then he did it. He was a good king. And part of, you know, the idea of Song of Ice and Fire is like, huh, is that really how that works like actually i think there's a lot more that goes into what makes a good king than just being a good person and, and the rightful heir um and so i you know i, I think it's you know definitely a, to a large extent a matter of personal taste to just say, do you prefer the kind of more complex shades of gray world of game of thrones or do you prefer a more kind of brightly colored stark good versus evil story of Lord of the Rings. Um, although again, as, as Daryl says, there there are, it's not 100% like that. There are people who kind of exist in between. Um, there's In the show, there's a character named uh, Adar. I struggle with pronounce, pronouncing it, but um, he is the leader of the orcs. And I think he's like actually- Wait, so really that's not Sauron. No. Well, let's- uh, we... we can tell you who's, what a little bit more about Sauron in the spoilers, but not before then. All right. Oh, okay. Because I think like that's a key a key element of because this is the twists and turns. Yeah. It's specifically the who is Sauron is like a big question of the series through the first at least right. half, like basically right to the end. But yeah, yeah, that I think it starts out as where is Sauron, and then at a certain point you realize, oh, I think it's actually we may have met Sauron already. No way. But uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about that more in spoilers. I mean, one thing we should say about that is a lot of people, I think, fairly have complained about this show. That may, One thing about this show that's sort of antithetical to The Lord of the Rings is this is a show that's built around a lot of mysteries. There's a lot of, like, mysterious characters who you don't know who they are. Yeah. And that is not really uh, the engine of drama in, in Tolkien. In Tolkien, no. you sort of know the lay of the land and then, like, good and evil do battle or 
you know, that at least, or like small, you know, humble figures try to overcome evil, but there's no question of who the villain is or anything like that. I mean, occasionally maybe there may be traitors or people who are revealed, but you're never like, what is like the mystery here? Um, and like, I I think the first season at least is almost all about, the, the finale is all about sort of some big dramatic twists and reveals, which... yeah. I mean, so to be fair to the show, I was spoiled for for the big reveals, but in some ways it actually made it more fun because you could actually see how they were leading up to those reveals. Interesting. I'm curious now. I prefer the complexity of who is Sauron over where is Sauron for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the flips are, I think they're actually kind of like, like it's kind of like Saruman or whatever. Like they're there and there's, at least one human king who ends up being oh, well there's the guy um worm tongue who you're like okay this guy's obviously evil even though he's pretending not to be but right but his name is worm tongue so. yeah right right but the but the saruman flip was a good one right and I, I think they're like really trying to like recapture a lot of that stuff in this and then just like deepening it i think they're they're definitely like taking liberties and go and going away from a tolkien style narrative but they're like trying at the same time to explore some of the things that he introduced that maybe were like not that developed in the in the original series so i appreciate that but it does feel different like it doesn't feel like a tolkien thing strictly i would say right but on the other hand it feels much closer to it than a house of the dragon or a george R. R. martin take on fantasy and Medieval One fantasy. weakness I think it shares with the Lord of the Rings is that especially with the more heroic characters and more heroic societies, I really cannot imagine what everyday life is like at all. Like in the Lord of the Rings movies, like I, it's hard to imagine what life is like in Gondor or Rohan, but I can't imagine life in, in Hobbiton. That like seems like a real place with real yeah. people, with real concerns, even though it's a fantasy group of people. Um, and similarly in the show, they visit this island that you hear about in sort of hushed tones in Lord of the Rings called Numenor, which is essentially the, the you know, I think it's based on Atlantis. It's also, I think, the inspiration in some ways for, for Valyria in yeah. Game of Thrones. It's the sort of lost land that sank beneath the waves. Um, and it's cool to see Numenor, but at a certain point, you're, I like didn't totally, it didn't feel like a real place. It felt like... Okay, here are these oh, really? like white towers, and yeah, I don't know what everyone does all day. <laughs> yeah, they they guild and stuff. They do gilding. They, they guild. do sea guarding. Yeah, guard the sea. They celebrate babies. They live in towers. Yeah, we got a great idea of what they do. That one guy is an evil blacksmith in the other town. Just regular blacksmithing, but also kind of evil. Who knows? Uh, he's. <laughs> I feel like him. <laughs> the whole thing is like, is this like Trump voters? Is this guy like a Trump voter? Like, <laughs> so this is a character in the we're we're kind of jumping around between different plot lines because there are a number of like parallel plot lines and uh, there's a village and in and this teenage boy finds like this kind of mysterious, obviously evil artifact like the hilt of why a sword. is it obviously evil? Just because it draws <laughs> its power from blood, from yeah. self harm. And then at yeah, a certain it, point, like, lights a flame. And stuff. <laughs> Wait, draws its power from harm. I didn't from blood at least. 
Yeah, if you get blood you on, it, on it, it kind of grows yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't I didn't realize that I thought that happened so long ago that it wasn't a spoiler, but maybe it's kind of revealed no, over time. Yeah, it's revealed. He found it in like the second episode, right? The little yeah. dude yeah. in the Southlands. But he I don't ever remember him bleeding on it. He and his friend went into the barn and found it. Well, get ready for that. There's some bleeding. Um, I think that happens even at the, I think he may have cut himself lightly and you see, it's also confusing because there's, yeah. there's a lot of these long shots of just him staring really intensely at the object and then his, at his hand. Um, but then this old man who, I, I don't remember his name, he's it got doesn't himself. matter. But he's definitely like, hey, I'm evil. I worship Sauron. That's cool because we're both evil now, right? Let's be evil together. Right. Yeah, I was going to text you guys about it, but then I couldn't figure out how to describe that dude. I was like, there's a dude, and he's old, and he's from the South, and he's got a well, and he probably is bad, right? But, like, I didn't want to text that at, like, 11 o'clock last night. Yeah, just, there's, you know, evil, right. evil blacksmith is right. Yeah. 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 But I, I think in, I would say overall, like not all of the storylines are equally compelling. I think there's a storyline about Elrond, who uh, in the movies is played by Hugo Weaving. This younger version actually is played by this actor who was in Game of Thrones. He played a young Ned Stark. Um, and he goes to uh, the dwarves to try to get them to help him out with, I mean, his mission kind of evolves over the course of the season. But and it, like then there's you get a lot about his friendship with the dwarven prince Durin the Fourth, and I thought that was by far the most interesting of the storylines, and they were the most interesting characters. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was. I mean, I really liked them. The what? Wait, what's the dwarf's name? Is is he in Gimli? No, he's not. No, Durin. 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 Right, 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 right. Durin his father is Durin the Third, and yeah, so on. Um. Yeah, I like their stuff together quite a bit and then also Duran's wife was very good Mount. Yeah. oh yeah Duran's wife is the shit yeah. I like was, do you think that was her actually singing that actress because what a moment like please come make a record I think probably I don't know there's a good chance um, yeah, yeah. I, I choose to believe it mm -hmm. I liked the dwarven realm or whatever too like inside the mountain with all the mines and the bridges and like it's nice because you don't well, I guess you kind of get it in The Hobbit, but you don't get much of you don't get it in the real Lord of the Rings trilogy because it's fallen to ruin or whatever. Like something. So who was alive? Like what team was he on? Was he a Harfoot? Yeah. So in Frodo in Lord of the Rings movies, yes, uh, is a Hobbit, and the Hobbits are descended uh, descended from Harfoots. Obviously, they stop uh, their migration at some they point, stop migrating at and some we'll point. find out about that, won't we? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? I thought they were going to be like, oh, shit. Like they, well, whatever. This is a spoiler thing. I don't want to, we're not in spoilers, right? No, we're not in spoilers. <laughs> we can get, we can get into it pretty soon. I only soon. have half an hour left. Okay. Max. Okay. Um, I, so yeah, I like uh, Elrond and the dwarves. I think, so then there's another storyline about this village that is essentially besieged by orcs. And there's this like elf human romance and the kid finds the artifact and I thought that was mostly not, I mean, or I think there's specifically when it leads, up, there's like a battle and, and there's a moment where you're just like, how the heck are these like, unarmed, you know, essentially unarmed villagers going to overcome this army of orcs? And right. 
that stuff is like compelling, but none of the characters are compelling except for Adar, the the leader of the orcs, who he doesn't really show up until pretty deep into that story. Oh, really? I think the elf dude is really compelling. I mean, he's just so beautiful and interesting. He has a great face. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I, th- I like him. I don't, I don't think his character is particularly compelling. The girl is like, you. So they made a huge like, mistake, we're... and they just shouldn't even. It's not worthless. But <laughs> they were just two boring people who were supposed to care that they're in love. But if they're boring, yeah, then we don't care that they're in love. Also, like, when are they gonna do it? Like, well, you know, literally, yeah. they're like in love, and he's like, "I touched your hand." And I've said it a thousand times with everything but words. And I'm like, do something. They're not going to be sexy. That's not a Tolkien. No sexy Tolkien. No. None? So they won't. I don't think so, right? That's not really a Tolkien There may be a kiss. I think there could be a kiss. That You'll never see anything more than a kiss. Yeah. Boring. Uh, Wait. No. So let's talk about spoilers, right? Is it happening? Okay. Okay. So, yeah. I think overall, I would say it's... I don't know if I want to know who Sauron is, though. I'm trying okay. to decide. Let's not do that yet. Let's do other spoilers first, and I'll think about okay. it. For but, okay. yeah, I would just say overall, I think the show is not great from a writing perspective, but it's so beautifully shot, and the effects mm-hmm. are so great. And a lot of the actors are really good, including uh, Morfid Clark, who plays Galadriel. Um, so it I has some I really good it. set pieces, too. Just, like, terrific... There's a couple of really good battle sequences, and there's the there's a part with that the atmospherics and the cinematography all change dramatically to reflect like an event that happens in the natural world. This is me avoiding spoilers entirely, and it's just very beautiful to look at, right? So I think that redeems a lot of the poor writing. But I agree on the poor. I don't writing. know what you're talking about. That's okay, the we'll, point. We'll spoil that. I think I think we can at least spoil that. <laughs> For you, and then we may talk about Sauron after you leave. But um, okay, we're moving into spoilers. So if you've not seen the first season of The Rings of Power, you should stop listening now. So the event that Daryl is talking about happens, I think, at the end of episode six. And there has been a battle between the human villagers in the Southlands, who are then joined by um, an expeditionary force from Numenor. The Numenorians. Numenarians. Yeah, there's sure. something weird. It's like Numenorthians or something. It's like, <laughs> why would you make it so difficult? Numenorans couldn't work fine. And they uh, they win, and then there's like a party, and like everyone's really happy. Uh, but they were dumb and did not pay attention to what happened to the mysterious artifact that the orcs were after in the first place. And so evil. Well, they chased it down, but then it was a trick. It wasn't right. it wasn't the thing. It was like wrapped up and they're like, great, we got it. And no one thought, let's unwrap it and make sure this is the thing. They were <laughs> all just celebrating with this wrapped right. up thing. Like we did it. Right. So then the elf gives it to the teenage boy who found it in the first place and is like, you should, you know, you Bury can this. give it to the new like give it to the Numenorians to cast it into the sea and it will lose right. its power over you. And I think the kid is like, I'm not feeling any evil power here. Power, What's going yeah. on? So he opens it up and it's just like a simple hatchet or something. And then you see that the evil blacksmith guy who earlier at our before, right before the final, they lost in battle, says to evil blacksmith guy, I have a task for you. Yeah. And so then. And he can depend on him because that guy killed his own friends. did not give a fuck about anyone. No, and, he just and, loves orc daddy. Yeah. Um, he also has a funny moment where <laughs> he calls orc name. at our, like, he's like, 
oh, I serve you Sauron. And then at a certain point, he's like, Sauron you're not gets, Sauron? Or Adar gets mad. Adar gets yeah. really mad about that. He's like, But then he says, oh, I, I can serve you Sauron. too. I, I'll serve you then. I'll serve yeah. you then. It's like, oh, immaterial. Forget <laughs> that part. As long as you're bad, I'm <laughs> yeah. on your team. Doesn't matter who. So then he goes back to the, the watchtower where there's like a mysterious, you know, crevice where you can put this, the hilt. He does so. And special effects happen They're like there's a big flood the water floods these like lava chambers reactivating the volcano and the entire land is covered in ash uh many people are killed although none of the major characters uh the queen of numenor is blinded trying to save some people yeah. and then in quite possibly the dumbest moment of this or not the dumb but the silliest moment of this entire season because i agree that it looked really cool you could just see the whole landscape had been transformed it's just all like these dark red skies ash. ashes everything everywhere you know nothing will grow there ever again um and then at the end of that episode <laughs> the shitty blacksmith again is like oh yeah hail adar lord of the southlands and Adar says they're not the Southlands anymore oh this was and, the worst thing in the entire show <laughs> and so then somebody asked him well, what shall we call it then? And then he, Adar doesn't answer. He just smiles. And then you see the sort of and text. And he's like about to say something. Yeah. And then, yes. This. So you see the text and it says the Southlands because that's how they indicate where you are. But then that text fades away and you see new text and it says Mordor. <laughs> it was the dumbest. Like, I was like, did you get a real bad read on that line when Adar like, did it? Like, why didn't you just have him fucking say it? Like that also would have been stupid, but way less stupid than what you ended up doing, you idiots. Like it was And Mordor's where like Benedict Cumberbatch lives, right? No. No. But Mordor is where uh actual Sauron in the Sauron in the in the Lord of the Rings lives, where the big eye mountain is. Yeah. Big eye and mountain it's the... drops it into the Yeah, volcano. right. So that volcano where the sort of climax the of the Lord of the Rings movies happen, that's the volcano that was essentially reactivated in the uh, in the season of the show. Using the blood huh. sword and also the tunnels that they were digging which you thought were just for transportation but were actually to flood the land with bad lava or something. With yeah. water. With water. Oh, which right. then that yeah, got the, the water triggered anger. the bad lava. That's yeah. that's right. Because I was the, like, I don't like lava. this. God, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I think that also speaks to how, as much as I would grumble occasionally about House of the Dragon being too similar to Game of Thrones, the story it's telling actually is interesting, separate from Game of Thrones. Um, yes, like it is like inherently a dramatic story, whereas this story right now feels like it's all about putting the pieces into place for the Lord of the Rings and is not most of the things that happen don't have any weight or meaning unless you know that's right. what happens in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's a yeah. big problem here. And it's I think it's a problem levied against even like the Silmarillion, if you've ever read that. Sil Silmarillion. I don't know. Is that how you say it? Silmarillion. Yeah. See, most of the context I have for everything you guys are saying is actually not from Lord of the Rings. You're gonna be so upset. It's from Ready Player Two. Okay. Oh yeah, that's there's fair. Yeah, a huge sequence around like fighting Morgoth and having read the Salmarillion, and the Salmarillion is just like basically the it's like the equivalent to one of those 
books in the Bible that's just yes. like history and family names and yeah. like it's very no much like that. Wants to read it. I read it as a teen and loved it, but I also just like long accountings of like. You might actually like it, Jordan, because you like lore. I think so. That it might actually be fun for you just to well, get whatever all will of help it. me get some meaning out of this. Because I, while I enjoy looking at pretty places, and I think Galadriel is like my my fantasy wife, I because of no jokes. Yeah, well, minus jokes, I would have to bring. <laughs> basically but that's how i like it anyway um she would never laugh and i would be constantly <laughs> striving for her validation anyway i don't i feel exactly what you just said anthony which is like i'm i know i'm missing things it's not just that like i'm missing things and don't get it like danny watches house of the dragon and she can watch it perfectly peacefully and i pause and i'm like just so you know in game of thrones Robert Baratheon had black hair and all of his ancestors had black hair and now Joffrey has blonde hair. And so that's why it's important that Rhaenyra's sons have dark hair because, you know, like that's a tie in to, and she's like, I didn't care. That doesn't matter. I got it from the beginning. Whereas like, it's not like I'm watching peacefully and don't know I'm missing things. I'm like, I'm missing something. Right. And everyone else is in on it and I'm not. Well, I don't think everyone, right? Because I bet a significant proportion of their viewership has no idea about. Right, right, life. right. Like I, everyone who's getting it, right? Like right. the rest of us are like, no, oh, Rings of Power. Like, look at Numenor. And I know that there's stuff happening. I, I, you can tell from the way that they slow scenes down and the music they play and the cinematography that this is like, a big moment where you get everything that's already in your head and it all comes together and it's like oh that's how it happened mm -hmm. but like i know that they're trying to tell me that but i don't know what that is yeah i think yeah. that's right i mean i do i think there's like different levels of kind of nerdiness you can have i think if you have a good memory of either the movies or just the Lord of the Rings books, you'll be fine. Um, you don't have to have, I mean, I haven't read the Silmarillion, although I know most of the plot of it at this point. Um, but like, you don't have to be like a deep Tolkien nerd, but if you don't really remember the Lord of the Rings, this is gonna be pretty, not even, con not just confusing, but just, you. You. there's no reason to care about a lot of yeah, the stuff Yeah, you'll wonder happens. why you're even being told this story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think there are two twists that we should talk about. Um, one is not the Sauron reveal, but it's related. And then there's one which is about the other mysterious. Let's just stranger. do it. I don't care. Okay, oh, let's let's good. do the other mysterious so stranger first, and then we'll do Sauron. But to um, Anthony's point, it does kind of. I can see how watching it, knowing this, would make it actually quite interesting. Like knowing the big reveal, but yeah, go ahead. right. So there's this, you know, uh, tall bearded figure who crashes to Earth from the sky at the beginning of the first episode. Is he Sauron? No. Oh no, but. but... They definitely want you to think that maybe. Yeah. And so like the whole first season, there's this thing where he has great power and sometimes it seems beneficial and sometimes it seems really scary. And there are these other mysterious figures who've been following him and trying to track him down in the finale. They find him and they bow to him and they call him Lord Sauron. Um, and, but then, and then they like the, the Harfoots who are his friends have sort of tracked him down as well. And so these evil, mysterious strangers attack the Harfoots and are about to kill them. And then a bearded guy fights them off, and and he's and they and the, all these and the the villains are like, oh, he's not Sauron. He's not he's, that one. 
Here's the other the, one. He's the other one. And he says, I am good, which is something that Nori had to do. He been. learned from Harfoots. Wait, what is the other one? So he's one of the uh, Ishtari, I think is the word. Yeah, right? Ishtar is the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, which basically means wizard. Although, again, in... Yeah, Ishtari or... Ist Ishtari, yeah. Heron Ishtarion. <laughs> there, I mean, there are various forms of angels and demons, essentially, because it's yeah. not just a guy who learned magic. It's there's like a jet, like, there's like a bigger like mythological like resonance to him, and in the same way that like Gandalf is able to you know ascend from being Gandalf the Gray to Gandalf the White. Um, but so uh, we never they never say the name of the mysterious stranger, but a like the whole time you're like he's fucking Gandalf, right? And he yeah. Though his last line in the finale is, well, got to follow your nose, which is a, a line that Gandalf says in Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, he he slowly becomes the folksy, charming Gandalf in speech, whereas at the start, he's like, I am just form baby. Boo ma, boo ba. <laughs> well, I kind of loved him in just form baby mode. I love the conversation with Mori where she's like, no, you're good. And he's like, good. But he's like, are you sure, though? Because it doesn't feel like it. But also, right. I don't know what that word means. I thought it was, like, adorable. Yeah. What yeah. did he say? Migray shin or something? Where he was getting migration wrong, and he was like, my great shin. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they, they were just saying the word perils back and forth. I am peril. And I was like, what is he saying? I don't even mm. understand what word they're using. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one was confusing. Sometimes. Otherwise, I would never get a name or a word right. I had to figure out which ones were words I knew and which ones were words I didn't this know This is yet. the, yeah, the challenge with uh, high fantasy. But, right, Daryl, he's Gandalf. He's obviously Gandalf. I mean, if it he yeah. might be Saruman, but that would just be annoying. Then it's like, I why did you make us think he was Gandalf? Saruman. So, Saruman, maybe, I was like, for a long time, I was like, oh, is he the, uh, the brown? Uh, what's Radagast. that guy's name? Yeah, Radagast, because he was like in the forest and he looked like he was like playing with the animals. And I was like, oh, maybe he's Radagast. But that would also be a weird choice. So, yeah, I think I think he's uh, Gandalf. It's interesting because it's kind of like the it's kind of like his ascension to white to like this is, I guess, when he arrives as the gray because the, the long ago history of them is that they were like the Maiar originally and they're like they're the they're essentially the people like the Valar I think make them to help them out and then they kind of resurrect and take different forms depending on the age and the wizards is like the the form they take in the age of the uh, man or whatever or the third age or something like that but the yeah it's it's cool cuz you're like oh like just this is like when he got like killed by the balrog or whatever they killed each other but then he came back as Sauron the white but it's like a, a other version of that and this is how he became you know Sauron the gray and he's... Gandalf. 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 oh sorry sorry Gandalf, it's confusing Gandalf. enough when you don't fuck it up like I love to, I love to do it Sauron the white get out of here but yeah and then yeah then he's like learning all of his stuff and then you're like I get why he is the guy that he was before because he's like kind of a goofball like a homey goofball and you're like oh yeah he's like and this is why he likes the fucking hobbits so much because it's like he loves the proto hobbits or whatever right they helped him out anyway 
Okay, I'm bored of this now. So oh, okay. I have a question before we get to Sauron reveal. Okay. The king in the south, right? The uh -huh. Southland king who's running away and wants to live in Numenor and doesn't uh -huh. want to be king anymore. What's his connection Halbrand. to... Halbrand. That's that guy's name. Yeah, Halbrand. Mm -hmm. What's his connection to later Lord of the Rings? And why does he get so mad when someone calls him Halbrand if that's his name? So his connection is... He does not exist in the Lord of the Rings. And yes. so everyone is like, who the fuck is this guy that they introduced? Yeah. And he is, you know, this another like missing king. Like how many missing kings are there in this world? Like this is ridiculous. It's, it seems like they just wanted another Aragorn. And he look and he looks kind of like he kind of evokes Aragorn and you're kind of like, oh, I guess yeah, they needed is an Aragorn. Is he kind of type. the like is he an ancestor of Aragorn? No. No. Uh it turns out that so actually and one of the fun things is that apparently he that what you think about him is wrong, but everything he says about himself is true, which is that he's done terrible things in the past. He's tried to flee Middle-earth, but Galadriel convinces him to come back and uh and to rule the southlands um but he is not the hereditary king of the southlands she discovers in the finale that the last king of the southlands died a thousand years ago without an heir who he is in fact is sauron right oh wait yeah. sauron died a thousand years ago no, no. no the real king the real king of the southlands there's no oh, there's no true king of the southlands that yeah. was going to be my guess yeah there you go so there okay well Good yeah and he yeah there he's very good it, this is why it's fun to watch it because he's he always is like not necessarily he's he, he lies by omission but not by direct like like you know he, yeah so he's, he's trying to flee middle earth because he just doesn't want to be sauron anymore he's kind of over the shit. he had the like adar killed him so that was a problem so you know, he's just like tired. He's like, ah, oh, man, it's so hard to manage people or orcs or whatever. People management is Maybe tough. I'll go be a VC at BetaWorks is what he said. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's not 100% clear what his plan is, but I think what, what he says in the final episode is that, so Morgoth is defeated and then he stuck around for a while still doing, still trying to conquer Middle-earth because he says oh like, but his heart Morgoth... wasn't in it he was just doing like evil things because that's the way he... well he's, he's what, he asked, what he said was that when morgoth is defeated it felt like a fist had been lifted from me and i could feel the light of the valar again for the first time right in uh in thousands of years but i knew that the only way i could be uh forgiven for everything i had done is if i healed all the harm that i yes. did and so in order to do that i had to conquer all of middle earth to yeah to make it better he gets um, so it's this is where it's like oh it's interesting that because you get this in lord of the rings there's never any sense that like sauron is doing anything other than because he's evil and wants to rule everything because of evilness like but in this one he they try to introduce like he, he is misguided in that he thinks that the best way to ensure everlasting peace is through his despotic rule right and he does this thing where he tries to convince Galadriel to essentially be his queen and help him achieve this goal, right? Which she roundly rejects. They do have a nice chemistry going. They do, and they do even in that scene when they're when she, he reveals himself to her finally, in the and you know like a fan, weird dream world thing. Like he kind of traps her in this strange fantasy where he like occupies the face of her brother and all this other stuff, but like. 
it works pretty well and you can see how it's tempting and like there is a sense of like oh maybe he's like kind of right about this but it's also like yeah oh no wait he's not right he's evil but this yeah if he's evil. gonna rule with like lava and darkness and fire then right right that's that's part of the problem with i or the thing about the tolkien cosmology is just uh and a lot of these sort of things is where they try to complexify the villain but you're also like okay yeah. but like you it's hard to be, just... take him at all seriously like there's a there's a second where you're like oh yeah but then you remember that you remember like oh wait lava thing and like also like orc guys that he made that just seem to want to kill and eat and do blood things like they don't well although i guess adar technically made those people or adar rather um but yeah it's like no wait all of the things he does is bad but he, th in that way he's very he's like a good analog for like the christian devil right because he's quite right. he's like he's oh, dissembling for a reason what yeah. Like well, the Christian devil is like, oh, it's for this reason of like revenge or I would be better. Yeah, or, or revenge. Whatever. Yeah. And that's Milton. Like Milton's devil is like that, right? Where it's like, oh, shit, like maybe his thing is better. But then you're like, oh, no, like that's his whole deal is just tricking you into thinking that maybe his evil is good. And then this, that's kind of where Halbrand is at, too, or Halbrand slash Sauron, right? But but it's also that the inner evil is almost inevitably reflected on the outside so even when he becomes revealed you start to see these more like black veins in his face and, yeah, yeah um i mean it reminds me a little bit of dr strange which is not really a movie anyone needs to see but there is one really great moment at the end where uh the mads mickelson villain is trying to say hey i have a point of view like i'm also like what i'm trying to do is good and dr strange says to him look at your face because he's right. like turned like got evil face and that's kind of like how Sauron is too, where like the big argument is like, well, I just look at you and it seems yeah. evil, seems bad. Well, that's some ableist bullshit though, but okay. I mean, I also convinced my sister to go into school to debate club one day and argue that Tolkien's works are racist, which is sort of true because um, it's like a very kind of essentialist view of race. But yeah, I mean, that's orcs kind of are how just this out works. for orcs. Or wait, the other way. It's around. just the, the idea that all orcs are evil, and also oh, like especially yes, in the yes. movies, they have like a lot of like uh, signifiers of being like working yeah. class British, which is not great. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like listen to your Cockney accent. You're <laughs> clearly evil. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, the reveal is fun. I I can understand why if like some people were just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" This is, and also because it means one of the, the main points of that reveal is that essentially, if Galadriel had just sailed into the west mm -hmm. so there's a good chance sauron might not have come back i mean now sauron is you know not necessarily to be trusted so maybe that's not entirely true but that's definitely the message of the finale is that he says i didn't believe in myself until you believed in me and you helped right. me achieve new heights and, and but so, when, again it's you know you can't trust anything he says because he's a dissembler right so he might be doing that right. just to kind of fuck with her but i think the other thing so this is an uh, this is my question out of the finale that i didn't i thought they were going to answer but didn't i thought there was going to be another twist because gladriel like wakes up from this weird dream and is like oh shit like he's gonna fuck up the whole thing and that we are helping him we're helping him on his plan to make these artifacts out of the mithril uh alloyed with other metals or whatever and then so he's he's like okay I've, i better stop this and she goes in and she's like we have to make them but different we have to make three and then the 
I, the whole time I was like, oh, so now he just took on the guise of Galadriel and he's helping further his goal by pretending to be Galadriel because we know he can assume faces. But they didn't reveal that to be the case. Is that going to be revealed to be the case next <laughs> no, season? No, I think that's real Galadriel because he's already wandered off into Mordor at that point. Right. Okay, but it's very right. confusing because yeah. she also does not say, hey, I just found out how Bran is Sauron. She just said, we can't, no one should treat with him ever again. Yeah. And I then the other really guy has to it. figure it out. Elrond figures it out himself because he like goes down and like finds a well, very well preserved uh, piece of parchment in the river that explains like, the, the genealogy of the South Kings ended a thousand years ago. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. But yeah. But she, instead of being like, hey, uh, that guy. Let's was not really do any evil. of this. He was using us. She's like, let's make three rings instead of one. And I was yeah, like, wait. Two. <laughs> wait, what are you doing? Uh, so, but anyway, Jordan, that's the whole rings part. Cause then they're like, Oh, and then you're like, oh, wait, they made three rings. We know that the elves get three rings. And then they play the song from the original Lord of the Rings. Which it's Fiona Apple singing the poem about the, the rings. Yeah, which is like which nine is rings for people and three rings for these guys. Is that your Fiona Apple <laughs> impersonation? Yeah. Three rings uh, for these ones, six for these two over here. <laughs> I forget anyway, how many rings it's fine. Are. I had a good time. It's not really well written. I really doubt I'm going to watch season two partly because uh, I had to like borrow somebody else's prime subscription to watch this and i don't really feel like yeah more of it well i gotta go skylar got out of school at 11 and not 11 30 so you guys wrap without me love you okay bye bye bye, -bye. bye. uh daryl any final thoughts on your end uh no no i think like i would will i would i mean yeah beyond i would i will watch it because i find it very entertaining but it's only because I'm so steeped in the lore and it's and it's imprinted on my upon me from youth and so like I can't really escape it. Uh, uh and they did a good enough job that it didn't be like it didn't like shut me down. It was if it had been offensive I would have been like no, but it's like I'd say just fine and that means for me it's good enough. It's catnip basically. But um yeah. They it's not worth a billions or billions of dollars or how much they spent on it, but right. it looks really I mean, nice. Nothing is worth that much. I mean, yeah, you can true. see the money. It's it's not well, one of those. Some of the performances are delightful too. Like, yes. I I really like the guy who plays uh, Gandalf, uh, or you know who we presume to be Gandalf. I think he's very good and does a yeah. very good job throughout of like his whole journey. So yeah. Yeah, I don't think the writing in the Galadriel storyline, like, I don't, I don't fully, I mean, I, she is a consistent character, but it's just, yeah, it's consistent, single-minded, but in a way that is like, feels flat, not, not like, oh, you made right. this a, a fulsome character who is very devoted to one thing, right? So that, that is a problem. Yeah, right. But the actress is great. She's really great. And I will say, by the way, if, if you really get into her, like there is, um, this funny story she told on Stephen Colbert, which, which you can find the video that she's talking about, that when uh, she was in the a movie version of David Copperfield that I think premiered it in Toronto uh, in, in 2019, and right before the premiere, she found out that she got the part of Galadriel, but they're like, you can tell no one. Right. And so she's on stage during the press conference for that movie and suddenly halfway through the press conference, she just Jesus. wanders off the stage <laughs> because apparently she was just like, Go, you know, like totally yeah, overwhelmed, no. and as soon as she got off stage, she fainted. Wow, that's terrific! I will, I will look that up. I'll send that to you. Um, but uh, yeah, fun show. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, 
I think I, the only other thing I wanted, this is not related to the show. Do you want to wrap up with the show or did you? Sure. You oh, I'll, I'll, let me say one more thing about the show yeah, and then you yeah. can bring up the other thing, which is just that um, one thing that's going to change is that they shot the first season in New Zealand. And that I think is a, is a big advantage. And, and one of the things I think is better than House of the Dragon, I think was a lot of that was done using sort of virtual production with yeah. those like LED screens and stuff. And you can kind of tell um, there's not a lot of like great landscapes here. It's like, so many beautiful Amazing. landscapes Breathtaking. and yeah. i'm it's sort of hard to believe they'll be able to replicate that in uh the uk which is where they're shooting season two so it's another reason why i'm not that excited about season two okay yeah, that's what else a fair you... point uh so this is yeah unrelated but i did we talked about she hulk on occasion here i everyone should watch it if you haven't watched it already I, that's like my general blanket uh, recommendation for that show but a thing i discovered that was really cool is the uh, if you if you have watched it the end credits are like a hand illustrated thing uh and i found out that the person who draws that is kegan mcleod who is a artist who i worked with when we were in both in high school or after high school or like he high school into just graduating high school but we were camp counselors at the same day camp. oh wow he was That's the art cool. the art teacher but he's excellent excellent artist he's he's been a comic book illustrator i think since basically then but um yeah he did those and they're really really good and so if you haven't checked them out go check them out even if you don't like the show because the the end credits are, are really nice and he drew them and he's an excellent uh, artist so i just wanted to shout that out for him but yeah awesome well i am also definitely down to review she hulk you just have to convince jordan or actually i think the reality is we can either do Andor or She-Hulk. I think it'll be really right. hard to oh, shit. Sort of yeah. do both. So you can you can make that choice. Okay. Ponder it. Oh, it's a real selfish choice for me. But, yeah. <laughs> but without any death, so the, which is nice. Okay, so if you have seen uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and you have thoughts about it, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content, and we always appreciate it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Cheryl, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>